0: When I uh, was working uh, in the oil field as a pump jack mechanic, uh, w- one day we were out uh, working on a, a jack, and uh, we, were, we were moving uh, the engine on it, uh, tightening up the, the belts. Um, and uh, I was pulling on a, a wrench trying to, to loosen uh, one of the bolts, and uh, it just wasn't moving. And so I, I pulled a little harder, and I I pulled a little harder, you know, just because it's got to move eventually, right? Um, Well, something always does have to move. And and in this case, it it was uh, a part of my back. And uh, I felt it just go, and I'm like, ugh. But uh, eventually, we did get uh, it loose. And, uh, you know, uh, so the day went on, and, and everything seemed okay. The next morning, I woke up, and my back was hurting. Uh, drove to work and was not comfortable on the way to work. Uh, if you've ever ridden in a top kick, uh, you know they're not the most comfortable things. Uh, and if you have a back problem, they are the least comfortable things. It wasn't long uh, when I was driving along with, with Edwin um, when I, I said to him, Ed, you need to stop right now. I have to get out of this truck. I cannot sit here a second longer. Um, Seeing as he was my, my boss, it wasn't too often that I gave him orders. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was pretty firm uh, that I needed to get out that second. I, I couldn't stand the, the pain. Uh, ended up taking a few weeks off of work uh, to, to uh, begin to recover from that injury. I was in a lot of pain. But uh, when I think back on it, it, it isn't the most injured I've been and... It's not even the most painful thing I've experienced. We all have uh, different experiences with pain, and uh, some of you have, have had uh, tremendous uh, physical pain. At other times, it's, it's emotional. Uh, it can be uh, mental agony and strife. It can have to do with uh, our work and that sort of thing. But pain is a, a universal thing we all experience. Uh, We see in in the very beginning, in in the book of of Genesis, when the fall occurs, that pain is is mentioned. Uh, We are told that we will toil in labor. Pain is going to be a reality. And it says that women uh, will experience great pain in childbearing. It's part of uh, this fallen world. Growing up in, in a Christian home, I always had uh, a head knowledge that God is, is present in, in whatever I go through, and so when I would go through through pain, I, I always knew that that God was present. But I want you to hear me that it doesn't mean I didn't ask God at times, where are you? In this series, as we've been uh, going through uh, for the past couple weeks we've been asking the question where is god where is god in silence where is god in uncertainty and today we ask where is god in our pain would you pray with me heavenly father as we we deal with this topic this morning as we talk about pain something that we've all experienced. God, I pray that you would uh, just speak uh, to each, each heart what it is that they need to, to hear this morning. God, would your Holy Spirit uh, just be with us as, as a comforter as well as, as this can be a difficult topic. God, I pray for your strength and your wisdom as I speak pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we've all heard uh, this story of Job, as, as we uh, had that passage read for us, uh, the first two chapters of Job lay out a very full picture of what pain can be like. In fact, when When I looked at uh, this message, the the first character, the first book that stood out to me from the Bible was the book of Job and his suffering. In other translations, uh, rather than saying at the end of that passage that his suffering was great, it says his pain was so great. If you uh, follow us on, on Facebook, you may have noticed I, I added a, a link uh, this past week uh, just on, on Friday and encouraging people to, to have a look. Um, and I encourage you still if you, you haven't watched it uh, uh, perhaps uh, this week sometime, uh, check that out and have a, a look at this uh, video. Um, it's done by a group of uh, individuals that their, their group is called the Bible Project and they do amazing, um, work with taking a book of the Bible and topics from the Bible and describing them in, in uh, ways we can understand with illustrations and, and uh, graphics that help make it clear and they're very succinct. Uh, in this video, they, they talk about how we expect um, to receive the, the answer in the book of, of Job as to why Job suffers. But the book doesn't answer this question. God never reveals to Job why he suffers. One of the things to notice is that uh, Job is not the narrator in the story. The narrator knows things that Job never learns. The narrator knows that the adversary or uh, the Satan uh, comes and accuses Job, but we never hear of Job learning of these things. He, he doesn't know that. So they never answer that question. But the book does tell us a few things. One of the things it shows us is he's not suffering because of his sin. It's very clear on that Uh, God calls him blameless a number of times. And I think that's important for all of us to know, that it's not because of sin we necessarily suffer. That when you're looking at uh, pain in our lives, it's not necessarily because of something you've done wrong. Job also isn't suffering because he's unloved. You can see God's admiration of Job, his care for him. It's not that he's more lovable than anyone else, and it's not that he's unloved that Job suffers. We we aren't told why. we also know that it's it's not a a lack of blessing that he suffers for you know it's 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 funny you know it's he's not he's not loved because he's wealthy right he's not better off because he's wealthy. That's not the the picture that's being given here. And I think this was particularly important in in the day in which this came up with this vast um, with their theology of God blessing uh, us, right? And so if you're blessed, obviously that means you've been good. If you're not wealthy, obviously that means you've done something wrong, was sort of the theology of the day. But Job had it all, and that didn't protect him. But even when he had nothing, because we can flip this around sometimes and think, well, it's so much easier for for the poor, right? They don't have to worry about losing things but also, when he had nothing, that didn't protect him either. So, we come to this and and we say, well, so why? The reality is, often our pain and suffering makes no sense to us. And trying to make sense of it can actually cause more pain sometimes. The book of Job points this out. He, the book of Job shows that, our, that we don't understand. God illustrates to Job as, as the chapters go on towards the end of the, the book. God says to Job, there are many things you don't understand. And that's sort of where he leaves it. He shows him all these things that Job does not understand. And he kind of leaves it there. And that's, that's difficult. Yet, God understands. More, more than that, he empathi- empathizes, if I can say that word. He has great empathy for us. He knows our suffering. Not only does he know our suffering, he knows suffering. This is one of the great differences between the God of Christianity and any other God that's out there. Is God knows suffering. He came as Christ and suffered for us. He understands what pain is like. He understands what betrayal is like. He understands physical, emotional mental pain and agony. He knows these things. And again, it's so important to know that Job isn't suffering because of sin. But Jesus did. Though he didn't suffer because of his own sin. He suffered for our sin. He entered into our suffering And Jesus wants us to find freedom. He died so we can, so we can be free from pain. Our sin can be painful, but Christ can free us. So God enters in to our suffering. Sometimes when we see pain and suffering in our desire to comfort, I don't know if you've done this. I I feel like I have at times. I've tried to learn. Uh, But sometimes we we say things to try and make sense of it. We we say things to to try and comfort. You know, it's our best effort. But sometimes our our, our words uh, come off as platitudes. We say things like, everything happens for a reason. Or we can say, God works all things for good. Or maybe God has a plan. Or his ways are mysterious. And while these things are true, they often will not ease the pain and suffering that someone is going through. Our intentions may be good. But we can actually add hurt, much like Job's friends did. Now to be fair, his friends actually sat with him for seven days in silence. Have you ever had awkward silence before? where you've simply waited it's hard it's uncomfortable but at times it's what we need Uh, there's there's a practice in uh, Judaism called sitting Shiva which means to sit seven and so this idea of sitting with someone seven days and I understand the practice is you don't speak until the mourner does just as in uh, the story of Job. I believe this is where the practice comes from. They sat and waited for him to speak. And only after Job breaks the silence do they speak. They begin defending God after this. Though God has not asked them to. It's interesting that in the fourth chapter we see the friends begin to speak, but it's not until the, what is it, the 37th chapter, 38th chapter, that God begins to speak. He let Job grieve. He let Job speak what he needed to say. God remains silent. He listens to Job as he grieves. Where is God when we're in pain? Well, he's listening. He's watching. That's so clear in these first two chapters, and it's one of the reasons I wanted them read, is it tells us that God is watching. He says, have you considered my servant Job? Because God has. God's been watching him. He's been intently watching him. He knows his character. In, uh, further on in, in Job 34, verse 21, it says, For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he sees all his steps there is no darkness or deep shadow where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. There's, there's nothing, there's no place, no, no darkest spot we can go where God isn't watching us. He is always aware of us. And in our, our grief, in our pain we have psalm 34:18 that says the lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit god is near us he he is listening and watching so god enters in, he understands in his empathy, he sees us and is watching, but more than that as well, he is with us through his body. I was telling someone in, in preparing for this message, it, it felt a little bit like preparing for a funeral message. Uh, in fact, some of the, the verses that I, I, I use here uh, are, are the same ones I may use in a memorial service. And in fact, Second Corinthians 1, 3 to 8 is commonly used. And it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we are able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And it goes on. God is our comforter, but he also calls us to be comforters. Because he has shown us comfort, we can do that as well. We're called to support one one another in pain. Just as Job's friends came and, and they grieved with him. We are to be Christ's hands and feet in the midst of people's pain. So where is God in our pain? He is with us in spirit and through his body. We are his body. The church but the one place that that God is most obviously in our pain. Where is God in our pain? If we look at this passage in Job, it's very clear where God is. For where does the accuser find him? This passage was, was pointed out by the humbled Bronco's chaplain. Or not this passage, but this this idea, this concept was pointed out by him, that God is on the throne. God is sovereign, even in the midst of our pain, even in the midst of our suffering. He is sovereign. And in his sovereignty, he has a plan. He has a plan for our pain. And we find that plan in the book of Revelation, 21, 3-5. to It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death, there will no longer be any mourning, or crying, or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. In his sovereignty, God has a plan for our pain. It will end. Because God does not desire pain. It is not his his wish for pain. Like I said, God's been clear from the beginning that pain is part of our human experience in this sinful and fallen world. But God longs for suffering to end. He suffered so it would ultimately be removed he died on the cross so, so pain could end so that we have this hope of the ending of all pain. But that isn't just something solely for the future. It isn't something to just hope, well, one day when we've all passed on that we will be completely free from pain then. But even presently now, this is is an idea that the Alliance Church was founded on. That God is here for us now to help us remove pain, to remove suffering. That there is healing now. In Matthew 4, 23 to 25, we read this. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. The news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demonics and epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. People with all sorts of pain were brought to before Jesus, came before Jesus. Why? Because they desired healing. And what did Jesus do? He healed them. Jesus came in ushering in the kingdom of God. He healed and removed pain. And he still does this today. The kingdom of God is at hand. We can come before him and ask. We can seek him. God longs to heal your pain, whatever it looks like. Your grief, he longs to comfort. Your hurt, he longs to heal. Your suffering, your struggles, your sin, he longs to end. I said earlier that Job's suffering was not because of sin, but that doesn't mean we don't sometimes suffer because of sin. Sin itself can be suffering. if we're caught in addiction or deception, this itself can be pain to us. And God longs to heal that. He understands, he enters in, and he's sovereign over it all. It can be so easy to forget. It can be so easy to get used to the pain that's in our lives, right? How many of you have for you know, years or months or, or weeks had some sort of ache or, or pain or something and just ignored it, pushed it off to the side? You know, decided not to seek doctors or, or whoever else it is that could help you. Because you figured, ah, I can handle it or it's not that big a deal. Some of you may be sitting right now in, in these pews, uncomfortable because of pain that's in your life. And you haven't sought God for healing. For that matter, you may not even have gone to a doctor we can get used to the pain in our lives. And we can allow it to just grow as a normal thing. We can be fearful of finding something greater behind the pain that we have. And that fear can keep us from seeking out healing. But that's not what God desires. Just like Job... God desires that we come to him. Even if it means, like Job, that at times we feel like we're railing against him. That we're issuing a complaint to him. If there's one thing we can learn from Job, it's it's that it's okay to express our frustration to God. whether that's a long-time ailment, whether that's a sin that you feel like you just can't get rid of. We can express these things to God, come before him, and there's healing. I can't promise you what that's going to look like, but I can promise you that there's healing. And that God wants that for you. we're going to move into to a time uh, where we want to give you opportunity. Opportunity to, to come before the throne of God. To bring before him whatever it is that you are, you are suffering with, struggling with. Whatever pain, however big, however small in your life, we welcome you to, to come so we're going to have the worship team come forward. And they're going to lead us in a time of, of worship. Even as Job worshipped in the midst of his suffering, so can we. But we invite you to come. And as you, as you come before this, this stage... We, we would invite you to consider it as, a, as an act in our heart of coming before the throne of God. If you desire prayer, uh, we encourage you to, to come to the sides and we'll make sure someone uh, is available to, to come and, and pray with you and for you. If you just can't seem to get the courage to come up front, I encourage you. Seek those around you. We are the body of Christ. There's capable people right around you to pray for you. And so I invite you to seek them out. I invite you, if you see someone around you that needs prayer, to pray for them, to be God's hands and feet. So whether it be your grief, your hurt, or your suffering, I invite you to come before God during this time. The kingdom of God is at hand. Let us take hold. I invite you into this time.